As we begin the season of Advent today, we are reading our first scripture from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. I invite you to hear these words from the New Testament reading. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our exploration for these three weeks in our sermon series that begins today with us lies in the name given to Christ, Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. Today, I invite you to delve into the hope of the incarnation, to understand what it truly means for God to enter the world and be with us. The scripture Mike read that's guiding us today is from the letter to Hebrews, and it's a specific message for a very specific group of people. It's a community who's navigating a transition that is delicate from Judaism to Christianity. And they do this amidst social and physical persecution. So they are, in the face of these challenges, tempted to simply go back to their old faith. In the face of this, the author seeks to remind them of their connection between their history and their present reality in Christ. He tells them that the acts of their forefathers, Moses and Abraham, were not mere tales. They were a prelude to the meaning of life in Christ. The covenants that scatter the Old Testament are not abolished, but are fulfilled in our Savior. We have a high priest who is not just any high priest in their local community. He is the high priest Christ with us. But what does that ancient message, that ancient reminder, have to do with us today? I mean, most days, if we're completely honest, we don't really think we need a reminder like that. Life goes along, we know who we are, we are confident in our faith, we come to church most Sundays, maybe attend a Bible study set a time, some, some prayer time, all good and fruitful things. On those days, we claim, yes, absolutely, our hope is in Christ. But what about on the other days? I mean, we all have them. The days when the chips are down, the days when we see a barrage of bad news happening in the world or the inexplicable pain of a family who seems to be under attack? What about when our children fall and lose their way? Or when a marriage ends? Or just when we mess up and fail? When we are, as the prophet Isaiah says, people walking in darkness, people living in a deep, darkness? Do we merely 
speak of hope then? Or do we boldly approach the throne of God, as Hebrews directs, seeking mercy in our vulnerability? We may say, well, yes, of course, absolutely. We claim our hope is in Christ, even then. But more often than not, our actions give the answer to that question. And they're often revealed in what we do when we feel that our world is out of control. So what do we do? How do we react? Do we immediately put the mask on? You know the one, everything's great, everything's happy, Pollyanna positivity. Or do we bury our thoughts in TV, exercise, eating, drinking, YouTube, TikTok, Netflix, work, or busyness? Anything to set aside to not experience how we're really feeling. Or do we get angry at those we love and try to micromanage them into being what we need them to be to feel better about ourselves? Do we turn our fear into desperate attempts to control anything and everything we can? I think maybe it's our fight or flight nature but we turn to whatever worldly direction seems like it will provide a quick fix. Whatever will show the world that we're okay, we've got it together. But seeking the quick fix does not bring us on our hands and knees to the throne of God. Only hope in Christ can do that. And friends, It is a hope that we can be assured of. Why? Because Jesus enters this world as one of us. In the fullness of humanity we experience. Now the translation of the text that's in your bulletin is from the NRSV and that's the one that I usually use. But admittedly, when I was looking over some different translations, I gravitated toward the NIV. Especially in verse 15. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin. Let those words sink in. Just as we are. Now, our tendency is to think, oh, yes, sure, Jesus was born and he grew up and he was tempted and, you know, all the things he suffered, but he's also divine, so he can't really know how I'm feeling. He can't really understand what I'm going through today. No, just as we are. And here's where the beauty of our scripture unfolds. The author of Hebrews pierces through any notion that Christ in his divinity could not fully comprehend our humanity. He walked the same roads that we walk, faced the same temptations, and faced trials beyond anything that we can imagine. He did this not as some distant God, but as a vulnerable baby just as you and I started out in this world. He is one who understands intimately what we are experiencing because he experienced life 
and understands it just as we do. This Jesus likely got some headaches, scraped some knees, stubbed some toes. Jesus who, because there wasn't a CVS on every corner, might have even had a little bad breath or some body odor, let's just face it. Maybe even some messy hair. This Jesus who wept over the loss of a good friend who understood sorrow and grief. This Jesus who got hungry and thirsty, who probably had feet that hurt and wanted to take off his shoes. This Jesus who grew tired. This Jesus who knew what it was like to learn and be taught, who knew what it was like to be lonely, to be unpopular, to feel maybe not so successful. Jesus, who was fully human and did not turn on his divinity to escape what it means to be human, even to the point of death on a cross, just as we are. Yet he bore it all without giving in to sin, without being tempted to stray from the path of God, to seek the solutions, the quick fixes that we so often turn to. Make no mistake, though, placing our hope in Christ does not give us a comfortable or secure path, but it does place us in the arms of a high priest who even in his holiness dares to be so close to us, to suffer with us, to feel what we feel. You know, if you arrive at Asbury on any given weekday, you'd likely be amazed, if you're not here on a regular basis, at the flurry of activity. There are joyful sounds. The kids from our Mother's Day Out program, CASA, are up and down the halls going to classes. They're herded around like little cats and laughing and singing. There's always a party going on down at Anchor Community Respite at least three days of the week, so you can join there and hear them. There are folks who come in and out for Bible studies that happen different times during the week. There's yoga on Mondays, noonday prayer, pickleball most weekends, I mean most weekdays, afternoons. There's packages that get delivered and repairmen, and there's always a friendly face at the door. This gentleman who usually only comes for worship came a few weeks ago and uh, during the week had to drop something off at the office and he said, Maggie, what are all these cars doing here? There are places people want to be at our church, life-giving, wonderful opportunities. But there are equally life-giving and wonderful opportunities that people don't want to be at our church. There's Alcoholics Anonymous that meets multiple times per week. There's a group for people who have a family member with a substance addiction. There's a support group for people caring with, for a loved one with dementia or Alzheimer's. I'm honored to facilitate that last group, our caregiver support group. And facilitate, hear me, is a stretch. 
The people in the group are the ones who do the heavy lifting. They do the real work. People, though, although they never wanted at any point in their life to be a part of a group like this, are brave enough to walk in, to walk through that door for the very first time. They don't come looking for a magic cure. They're not naive enough to think that there is one, but they come seeking someone who can relate, someone who knows what they are experiencing, even if their stories are different, someone who has faced what they face. In this room, there are no pretenses. There are no attempts to hide behind everything's okay. There is only truth and vulnerability. But there are beautiful tears, discussions, debate. There is holy laughter and love in every meeting. Each time I am with them, I see exactly what it means to have hope in Christ who is with us. I see that what it looks like to confidently approach the throne of God is to release the control or power you think you have, to be completely open to the grace and love of one who can look through your eyes and know what you're going through. On this Sunday of hope, that is our message. Christ is with us. He is with us in our joys and he is with us in our trials. And even though divinity and humanness is sort of an odd thing to try to discover, I encourage you to let the words of Hebrews linger this Advent because he is with us. May this season fill us with assurance, assurance that the hope of Christ is in this journey with us. And as we confidently approach the throne of grace, may that hope in Christ be our guiding light. May it shine brightly in the darkness, promising that we are never alone. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious Lord, as we come to feast at the table of Christ, thank you for a Sunday of hope. Thank you for sending your child into this world. Thank you for the Trinity that is Father, Son, and Spirit ever with us. Thank you for allowing Christ to be vulnerable, to know what we feel, to experience what we experience, to be a Savior who is on the ground with us. God, thank you. Thank you for all the blessings you pour out upon us in your love this Advent season. It's in your Son's holy name we pray. Amen.